Hello and welcome to an ISIS Energy podcast. I'm Josie Shilato, Deputy Editor of the weekly LNG report, Global LNG Markets. Today we're going to take a look at the outlook for the global LNG market in 2016. I have here Ed Cox, the editor of Global LNG Markets. Hi Josie. Hi Ed. It is certainly going to be an exciting 12 months and a difficult 12 months I think with a lot of the key themes that we've seen in 2015 persisting. Uh, We're running a couple of outlooks in the weekly report last week and this week highlighting these themes across the big markets Um, and particularly what I think we should be looking at today is the new export volumes that are coming into the market from the US and Australia in 2016. So we're looking at something like 65 million tonnes of new capacity in export volumes last year and this year combined, which is about a 25% increase in the global market. And as many listeners will be aware, that's coming at a time of low demand from key importers such as Japan and South Korea and low oil prices. So there could be some real pain for sellers coming up um, from these new projects, trying to pay off the capital costs, and also finding buyers. Where will the new buyers come from? And at what price will existing buyers uh, come back into the market to pay? So I think there are a lot of key themes there in addition to other areas around shipping and new vessels coming to the market that are really going to dictate what we're looking at, what the market's looking at in the next few months. Great. You've talked about um, the outlook for oversupply. Um, What do you think is the outlook for the big importers uh, that are are currently buying the gas in 2016? The outlook's pretty weak for Japan and South Korea. Competing fuels um, returning nuclear power plants in Japan will continue to come back over the coming months and fundamental weak electricity demand and and mild weather which has weakened demand in those areas. So that remains a real concern from the two largest importers. Um, We're more positive on India where there is a government push for greater use of energy within the gas-fired power generation mix and that price sensitive market is uh, responding well to the lower prices and I think we'll see more independent Indian companies come into the market particularly through short-term tenders. Um, this year. China is still a big question, difficult for private buyers to bring cargoes into other companies, state-run companies, import terminals, although the government is positive, making positive noises about the future of gas and LNG, progress is still relatively slow, um, so there are some concerns remaining there. Um, Looking more at a global basis, we see South America being a little bit more muted, changing politics in Argentina, Um, higher water reservoir stocks in Brazil for instance um, will mean these countries are maybe not coming in with the same size of buy tenders that they have been in previous years. Um, The Middle East is an area of real interest. We see growing demand there from Egypt, Jordan, Pakistan, the new importers, um, Kuwait, I think Dubai may be more active those countries that have rising domestic gas demands for power generation and are also price sensitive um, and have storage facilities um, in good volume, I think they'll be relatively active this year. And the big question really remains around Europe and where European demand will be, I think, this year. Okay, and um, oversupply has uh, dictated market conditions for a number of years. Um, You've talked about uh, the emergence of the Middle East, uh, possibly India. What is the outlook for oversupply? Um, Looking forward maybe a few years, um, is this going to continue? I think there's going to be a struggle for buyers for the foreseeable future. 
we know the Australian volumes that are coming to the market. The APLNG plants just started up in the last, shipped its first cargo uh, in the last few days. US export volumes are going to struggle to find a home. Now it's only trains one and two of Sabina Pass that are coming online in 2016. So it's not a flood of LNG from the US. These are volumes that are contracted to BG and gas natural. More US volumes will be coming later in the decade. So that will be an incremental rise 2018 to 2020. So for the time being, there's no evidence of a substantial upturn in demand. This flurry of export projects will continue so Australia peaking this year and then US really taking the baton after that. So the outlook for the time being three, four, five years ahead is weak unless there's a significant shift in demand um, and that's going to make it challenging and certainly from our perspective here the question is how low will prices go and how low will sellers uh, sell for particularly into Europe where there's competing supply and sellers are very keen to talk up the opportunities within Europe Mm -hmm. but Russia is an existing supplier that has the ability to ramp up exports as well on the pipe side. Um, so will sellers be ready to sell at $4 or certainly below $5 to secure buyers? Um, it could be a painful period for them, but potentially one that, that sees an improvement on the buy side. When you paint this picture of uh, the future of LNG supply, um, you mentioned Europe as a possible destination for some of this gas. Can you expand a bit more on how it fits into this picture? Certainly new import capacity this year. Uh, Dunkirk in France, Poland coming to the market, but questions over how much that market will import. Um, Sellers are very keen to talk up the role of Europe. There's a lot of regasification capacity that's underutilised in Europe. We've started to see cargoes increase from Qatar in the last few months, which is reminiscent of 2010 when there was this last real oversupply in the global LNG market. And I think that's going to continue into the UK uh, and into Italy. Um, So what we really need is the gas price to be sufficiently low that power generation moves away from uh, coal generation. And there are signs of that happening recently in the UK, um, probably not quite there in continental Europe. So a lot of it will depend on the new exporters, particularly uh, in the US as well, on their margins. Um, and how they factor in liquefaction and shipping costs as to whether they can justify putting the cargoes into Europe. But of course you will always find a buyer in Europe and you have access to traded markets. So it's an inviting prospect not just for sellers but also for some of these Asian buyers who need to find alternative homes if they're long in Japan and South Korea they may strike up deals for capacity in Europe. So, um, So there are opportunities there but potentially at a cost to sellers. Okay, well thank you very much for those insights. Thank you, Josie. That's very interesting. For any more information on um, ISIS's services and products, you can go to isis.com. Mm-hmm.